church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dr. Dennis Hall, and I'm delighted you're listening to this podcast today. You know, it's Christmas season uh, here in the United States and all across the Western world. And, uh, you know, you may be like me. I feel like I'm just inundated with advertising uh, regarding Christmas presents. And uh, many of them are inviting me to buy gold bracelets and gold necklaces and, and uh, gold earrings and pendants for my loved one, uh, loved ones as Christmas presents. You know, it's... Um, and then I've got other ads that are inviting me to invest in gold as a head again as a hedge against uh, inflation. And then even other ads uh, suggesting I gather up any gold jewelry that I own and bring it to them to to sell. You know, all of this uh, all of this attention on gold uh, has caused me to think about. The Christmas story and um, that part of the story in Matthew 2 that tells us about the Magi, the wise men from the east who came to Jerusalem following a star, following a star now leading them to the newborn king of the Jews, Jesus. You know, this star eventually led them to uh, Jesus and his mother, Mary. And what did they do, the scripture tells us? Well, they bowed down and worshiped him. And one of the gifts that they presented was gold, gold. You know, it it makes me wonder and stop and think, what is this substance, gold, that's fit for a king? I think all of us here in contemporary society immediately think, well, it's something uh, expensive. It's something everybody wants. You know, it's interesting to read back in the Old Testament uh, uh, prophecy in Isaiah 66 that says a multitude of camels, that is from the eastern trading tribes, will cover you. That is Jerusalem. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba who once came to trade, will come bringing what? Gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. So these magi from the east weren't really a surprise. They were prophesied uh, by the Old Testament prophets. You know, as I think about gold, I think, uh, you know, a, a guy by the name of Charles. Uh, Colton, who was an English cleric and writer, said, gold is worshipped in all climates without a single temple and by all classes and without a single hypocrite. 
I think when we think about gold, that's kind of the way we view it today. You know, in high school, um, I, I guess in a high school chemistry class, I learned about this precious metal gold, uh, I guess from a science viewpoint, knowing that it's in uh, group 11 of the periodic uh, table of elements. And I can remember talking about the special characteristics and qualities of gold that, that in fact has made it so valuable throughout history. You know, most people feel that gold is the most beautiful metal that exists because of this illustrious yellow color and the brightness. It's a durable metal. metal. <clears throat> I mean, to the point of indestructibility and also highly malleable, meaning you can work with it. In fact, it is so soft that an ounce of gold unbelievably can be beaten out into 187 square feet of gold leaf, thin sheets of gold leaf. You know, it's because gold is so uh, visually pleasing and workable, does not tarnish or corrode. It became one of the first metals to attract human attention. You know, in museums, you can find uh, all kinds of examples of ancient uh, Egyptian and Assyrian artifacts that are overlaid with gold, gold leaf. Now, this precious metal gold is uh, mentioned at least 417 times in the Bible. It's been the sign of royalty, wealth, and power really since mankind began. You know, both biblical and secular kings collected gold and placed them in their uh, treasures. Now, in Genesis 13 and also in Ecclesiastes, um, we see that the accumulation of gold is one of the first chief early measures of wealth. And then in 1 Kings 10, we're told that when the queen of Sheba visits Solomon, she brings 16 tons of gold as a gift. It's an unbelievable story, really, when you think about that. You know, based on the uh, biblical description of Solomon's gold, <clears throat> The value today that they put on that would be $60 trillion. Solomon's gold, just as gold, he had other assets, just as gold would be $60 trillion. Now, wait a minute. To put that in more perspective, the richest man in the world today is the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, who has an estimated worth of $112 billion. Peanuts compared to King Solomon. So where does all this gold come from? It's found on every continent except Antarctica, and it's probably in Antarctica under those big uh, crusts of ice that's, that's in Antarctica. You know, <clears throat> scientists have concluded that uh, many of the Earth's gold deposit exists due to the impact of asteroids, asteroids, 
containing gold. So I guess we could say that gold comes from outer space. But there are gold deposits that are so deep in the Earth that it can't be explained by asteroid impact. We simply have to conclude that God included this substance in the formation of the Earth. And that's interesting because the value of gold has been the source of many conflicts, wars, and, and the deaths that go along with that. You know, gold is its too soft to uh, sustain prolonged handling, so it's usually alloyed with other metals to increase its hardness to be used in jewelry and goldware and coinage. You know, nickel and copper and zinc are the alloys used to produce the white gold. You know, you've heard the term 24 karat gold. That means it's it's 95% pure or 18 karat gold, which means it's it's uh, only 75% pure gold. And the contemporary uses of gold go way beyond just uh, a jewelry and monetary exchange uh, because of its uh, uh, high electrical conductivity the largest industrial uses of gold uh, are in the electric and electronics industry, um, used for plating, for contacts, and um, um, terminals, and printed circuits, and semiconductor systems. Uh, thin film of gold has been employed on satellites to help control the temperature, and on the space suit visors to afford protection. Uh, gold's used in a similar way on the windows of large office buildings. Uh, uh, it helps reduce the air conditioning requirements as well as add to the beauty. You know, um, and of course, as we all know, gold's been used for a long time for fillings and repairs to teeth. The, the contemporary uses of gold is Unbelievable. You know, according to estimates, all the gold ever mined in the history of humanity is estimated to be about 152,000 metric tons. Now, that may sound like a lot to you, but that's only enough to go, enough gold to fill about 60 trailers, 60 trailers. Of gold, you know, scientists believe that there's a, a probably eight times that amount of gold under the ocean that has never uh, been mined. Uh, that has, excuse me, that has ever been mined uh, close to the planet's surface. Well, why is it still there? Because no one's figured out a way to extract it. So I think we can. Say the point is, gold is extraordinarily scarce. And you know, when the Magi gave the gift of gold to Jesus, it was a symbolic statement that Jesus was the king of kings. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, in the Jewish temple, there was an inner sanctuary known as the Holy of Holies, where the priest would encounter the presence of God 
and offer a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. The walls of this inner sanctuary and the altar within it, you guessed it, were completely overlaid with gold. You know, Jesus, the birth of Jesus, ushered in the presence of God, Emmanuel, and the sacrifice of atonement that he would make on behalf of his people when he went to the cross. You know, the Magi most likely knew the scripture. Uh, it's my guess that's why they were following that star. And they may have had this connection in mind. Now, we don't know, frankly, much about the Magi. Uh, you know, we we have these manger visions of three kings uh, from Orient R riding on three camels that we have in our uh, manger scenes, but we don't even know that there were only three. It's probably most likely that there were much more because of the distance they were carrying. It's also unlikely that they were riding on the camels um, because camels were used as pack animals during uh, those days. We don't know a whole lot about the Magi. Uh, but we can probably um, conclude that they were probably not, as we would say today, cheap guys. They had come a long way to find Jesus, the King of the Jews. And, uh, you know, I think about this too. The Heavenly Father may have been playing a role in this gift uh, because the Magi, the wise men probably didn't know this. But Jesus and Joseph and Mary would need to escape to Egypt. And gold would have gone a long way to aid in the cost of that uh, journey. You know, gold wasn't the only gifts that the Magi brought. Now, Scripture tells us the Magi also brought Gifts of frankincense to the baby Jesus and Mary. Now, you know, if we walked around today and asked people, what is frankincense? I got a feeling we'd see a lot of blank faces. You know, frankincense is, uh, is it's an aromatic gum resin that's used in incense and perfumes and even medicinally. Um, and it's obtained from a tree in the, what's called the Boswellian tree family. And these trees are fi uh, primarily found in places like Somalia, Yemen, India, Pakistan. And they're few in number. They're few in number. That's part of why frankincense is so valuable. It, and it's labor intensive to get frankincense out of these trees uh, uh, incisions have to be made in the trunks of the trees and and then over two or three months the frankincense uh, it exudes uh, this milk-like substance that hardens as it, as it is exposed to air and then it can be distilled into uh, oil for perfume or crushed and burned as incense. Now, frankincense was widely used by ancient Egyptians in their rituals. 
And there's a lot of evidence that uh, frankincense has been an important trading commodity for more than 5,000 years. Um, in the first century, uh, the value of uh, frankincense was appreciated by everyone. You know, it was thought to be as valuable or more valuable by, than gold in the uh, first century. And to this day, you know, it's still pretty pricey for just a small little uh, 15 milliliter vial, so like a perfume bottle, you're likely to pay $100 or more for a small bottle of frankincense. So it was a costly gift for the king, the king of the Jews, the baby Jesus. You know, frankincense was a key part of the sacrifices to Yahweh in Old Testament worship. In Exodus 30, 34, the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, gather fragrant spices, resin droplets, mollusk shell, galbanum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. Grind them uh, of the mixture into a very fine powder and put in front of the Ark of the Covenant for I will meet you in the tabernacle. You must treat this incense as most holy. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourself. It is reserved for the Lord, and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes incense like this for personal use will be cut off from the community. So we see that frankincense was highly valued in the in the worship of Yahweh in the Old Testament. Because of the heavy use of uh, frankincense in the Old Testament temple, uh, it clearly is symbolic of deity and priesthood. The magis, the magi, the magi, the wise men, they were stating that Jesus is not just a king, but also a great high priest and a deity as we see described in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Jesus, the King of the Jews, the high priest of the universe. You know, the medicinal properties of frankincense in the first century, and even today, um, is used to treat liver problems, herpes, immune functions, inflammatory bowel uh, Diseases, tumors, arthritis, blood pressure, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, skin disorders, asthma, hepatitis C, cancer. Many things, uh, frankincense was used uh, medicinally in the first century as well as today. Now, I will say this. To my knowledge, there's been no long-term uh, double-blind studies that have been done to prove the medicinal effectiveness of frankincense. So the point of all this discussion about frankincense is that it was a fitting gift, an expensive fitting gift for the Son of God. Now, 
There was a third gift brought to the baby Jesus by the Magi and the wise men. Myrrh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. M-Y-R-R-H, pronounced myrrh. Now, like frankincense, myrrh is also a gum resin harvested from the what? Myrrh tree, a bushy little tree that was cultivated in ancient times in the Arabian Peninsula. And the scripture outlines several ways that myrrh was used. You know, in the book of Esther, the scripture tells us young women who appeared before the king were given beauty treatments with myrrh. And then liquid myrrh is part of the formula for sacred anointing oil used in the tabernacle. We see this described in, in the Exodus 30. And then in several places in the Song of Solomon, myrrh is described as a sensuous perfume. Now, you know, in addition to the Magi, the wise men presenting myrrh to baby Jesus, the Bible re uh, records myrrh showing up two more times in the life and death of Jesus Christ. Mark notes that when Jesus was dying on the cross, someone offered him wine mixed with myrrh to stop the pain. But Jesus did not take it. And then John says Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus brought a mixture of 75 pounds of myrrh and alloys to anoint the body of Jesus and then wrap it in linen cloths and lay it in the tomb. Most Bible teachers believe that myrrh symbolizes the death and burial that Jesus would have to face on the cross. That's because for myrrh to be cultivated, it must be extracted by piercing the tree heart and allowing the gum resin to trickle out into bitter red droplets referred to as tears. Much like the process that Jesus went through, it symbolizes the bitterness of pain, the pain he'd have to face for our purification. So myrrh paints a picture of a, surfer, a suffering Savior pierced on the cross for our sins so that we may be healed and cleansed so that we can be a pure and spotless bride for Jesus. Myrrh was a gift more valuable than gold, and it symbolizes the impact that Jesus would have on the world. So, you know, in this time of the year, when you hear about the Magi and the wise men um, who brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, I want you to think about the extraordinarily, extraordinary value of these gifts, but also what they symbolize. 
text, you know, symbolize gold for a king, you know, frankincense. Frankincense, you know, uh, not only for Jesus, but symbolizing his priesthood. And then myrrh, symbolizing the impact that he was going to make on this world. I'm wondering if, as you're listening to this podcast today, if perhaps like the Magi, you sense that something is drawing you to the side of Jesus as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, uh, you might ask yourself, well, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus and celebrating Jesus' life. What gifts? What gifts are you presenting to Jesus in honor of his birth? I think we'd say that Jesus already has all the wealth of heaven and the universe. So what does he really want from you? Well, what he wants is your heart, your worship, and your praise of him. You know, perhaps this year, perhaps this year, you'll give God the gifts that really count. He wants you to give yourself willingly and wholeheartedly to a life of obedience to his teachings, period. You know, in other words, total, total surrender to Jesus. This Christmas, I would urge you, bring your gifts, bring your gifts, and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and may God bless you and your family during this Christmas season.